Welcome to the Immerse Podcast, where we look at God's Word to see why it matters for us today. Welcome back to the Immerse Podcast. My name is Keith, and I'm joined by James, and uh, we're continuing through the book of Revelation. James, how's it going today? Good. Not sitting outside, as you so wished. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a little cold. chilly today. I, I know is. that we could compare it, and there's always somebody who has a colder climate, but for where we are in the world, it seems a little chilly. But today we are uh, back in heaven with John as he's looking through what happened when he was transported up to heaven in his vision in the book of Revelation. And we are going to read today Revelation 5, 6 through 14. And I'm glad that James gets to read it since he has a better reading voice than <laughs> I do. <laughs> but no, James, no, no. do you want to read that? James, sure. Revelation 6, 5. Yeah, Revelation 5, 6 to 14 then. Right. says, And between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain with seven horns and with seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent out into all the earth. And he went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God, from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth." Then I looked, and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders the voice of many angels, numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them, saying to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. Wow, what a scene. Uh, it's, it's really hard to read that without you know, wanting just to go straight into worship now. And, and what a worshipful scene. Yeah, I was just thinking the, um, the blessing of verse 13 was quite cool. Hmm. I might use that tomorrow. That's as great. we close the service to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. Yeah, Amen. that's great. Bye bye. Time to leave church. <laughs> take good. your take your kids. That's good. <laughs> well, James, as we were looking through this, uh, I could not help but think of two words that seem to be repeated a lot in this. I haven't really counted them, but the word slain is repeated quite a bit through here maybe three or four times. Hmm. So we've got a lamb, we've got the word slain. And then nestled in the center of our reading today, we have the word ransomed. And so uh, I don't know if you've ever thought about the word ransomed. It's not a very common word, is it? You don't really use it too often or nowadays anyway. I, when I think of ransom, I always think about a hostage situation. <laughs> just thinking the same thing. I mean, it's I don't horrible. Use it unless but... you're thinking about a movie, watching a movie and there's a hostage and they're scrabbling to get, you know, like a bazillion dollars of ransom money. Right. And then some guy from the SEALs smashes through the window and they pay no money and it all works out anyway. But you don't really use it much, ransom. Yeah, you don't use it much. And to be honest, I felt a little bit guilty when I was reading this because I was thinking, 
maybe I have the wrong imagery in my mind when I'm reading that Jesus paid the ransom. Smashed he the ransomed people, yeah. Smashed in and, and I think even if you think about you know, hostage, somebody's been taken captive. Right. So there's probably a bit of the the Jesus thing right there but it's not it's not a very common word is it so what i did is uh we know that the original bible uh original new testament was written in common greek and so i looked up the word just to see what it meant and again i'm not a greek scholar but i know how to look things up and i found that interestingly (laughs) enough the the word actually means to acquire things or services in exchange for money to buy or to purchase So I immediately thought about a few days ago when my good friend James said, hey, my son and I are going to the store and we're going to purchase something for him. And so then we went to this uh, crazy mall that has (laughs) lots of little stores. That was really for me. Oh, that was really for you. Oh, that's good, James. What does he want to do with um, a Lego Iron Man? So you're a big Lego guy. He wants to look at it, but you know, it was really for me. Oh yeah, sure. (laughs) You did all the work. I did. But as we walked around and to me, the biggest, just as a side note, the funnest part of that, is that a word funnest? The most enjoyable time for me during that day was watching Roman's big eyes as he looked at all the big colors and lights and all the stuff going about in the Mm. shopping mall. That was kind of fun to watch him uh, get excited about it. Mm -hmm. But as you selected this, thing that you wanted to purchase for him really for you for us for you all (laughs) you took money out of your pocket and gave it to the clerk and Mm. he gave you the item so in that sense you purchased something so really you ransomed it Mm. i mean if you use the term based on the definition and the greek term that's that's what happened and so there's lots of points in the new testament where this word is used but really we didn't have the capability of reaching God. We all know this. Mm. And so Jesus paid for our salvation, but he did it at a very heavy cost. It was his life and he paid for it with his blood. And so this imagery of the lamb who was slain, the lamb who was slain, that's exactly what it's about. It's, it's the ransomed part. We were ransomed people for God. And, and here's the cool part that I like is that we're going to see people there in heaven from every tribe and language and people and nation. So it's not a salvation or a ransom that was exclusive for one part of the world mm. because of the hard work of people preaching the gospel over the centuries. We're going to see people from all corners of the earth of, of God's world that will be there mm. celebrating the fact that they were ransomed by Jesus. Do you know, I think I can't remember if it was this verse, or, but it was the, definitely the principle therein. Of the um, people from every tribe and language and nation, um, somebody there was a, a young lady leading the church in worship, in music worship, worship through music last week, and her and her family are now have probably now left the yeah. country as people do here, and I think she she paused in the middle of leading a song or about to start leading a song and read something like this oh as a, i think you, you were there i was there but i'm, I'm just trying to think i she, think it was yeah, in revelation it may have been this I, I, might, I don't know if it was this verse but anyway she because it was the last time she was going to lead the church in worship through song she paused and read this and said what a huge privilege it has been to be 
in a church that is so diverse because you it, it adds a lot of color to stuff like this right you see the heavenly worship is people from every tribe and language and people and nation No, it's it's wonderful, James. And and I I've said this many times, and I say it all the time. So sorry for the repetition, but I'll never get over the fact that I can meet someone at our church that I've never met before. They're from a completely different culture, but instantly we have a bond, and instantly there's a friendship. There's something in common, which is that we've both been ransomed. That mm. you don't share with everybody. Yeah, by the same person. Right. Yeah, yeah. I can go to that same place we took uh, your son to, and I can walk right and meet people that are from different nations, yet we don't share the same commonality. We might be talking about an item we want to purchase, or we might have mm. something, but there's not a there's not a deep fellowship or unification as yeah. the body of Christ has. You know, like somebody else could have bought that Lego brickhead Iron Man that same day so we've gone to the same place and we've bought the same thing but like you said there's no you know so what you know we've we've both got a passing interest in superheroes and lego right you don't know who they are you, you, we've not resolved to keep in touch and to meet and to you know that like, you've got the same interest and you've bought the same stuff but it's if you flip it around it's completely there's a completely different uh dynamic and a different feeling to it when you have been bought by the same and ransomed by the same person. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. And it's, it's, it never ceases to amaze me. These, uh, people, you know, I'll pick out Ravi Zacharias cause I know recently he was in town, but they, they travel around the world, but they're greeted by people that embrace them and love them. Mm. And there's a, there's a fellowship that, that makes really the world jealous around them. I mean, people look at that and they go, wow, how in the world do you guys know each other so well? Well, it's because mm. we've both been ransomed and we share yeah, fellowship. Yeah. Uh, we fellowship in the suffering of Christ and that his purchased uh, our salvation. So it's, yeah, that, that word ransom really stood out to me in this text. Mm. The fact that Jesus was slain and the response to that was really the subject of your blog post. And that is worship. Yeah, just worship from everybody and everything all the time. I think we were talking just before you push record that at the end of chapter four, we read that uh, these four living creatures in chapter 4, verse 8, they never cease to say. So they never stop worshipping. And whenever they start worshipping, these elders fall down and start worshipping. And then here in chapter 5, we read that um, there's the elders worshipping in verse 9 and 10. And then John looks and he sees that the living creatures are getting involved as well. And these thousands and thousands of men, uh, other angels, and then in verse twelve, uh, sorry, twelve, thirteen, he hears every creature in heaven and on earth, under the earth and in the sea, and all that is in them. So it's just this constant cycle of people encouraging each other to worship, which I think is really cool. Have you ever been to any? massively large church or a gathering of people that were all worshiping James? Uh, yeah, in April when I went to the States. Oh, that's right. I was there and I went to one church on a Sunday that was pretty big. So so the, the sound of the singing and the worshiping seemed quite massive compared to... Yeah, it was a lot louder than 
our regular worship on Friday, just because the room it was proportionally bigger. You know, it was appro- appropriately and proportionally bigger. Like if <laughs> they had the same sound set up as we do, it would be too quiet. Right. But yeah, it was. <laughs> the room was big and it was really loud, which is fun. I asked because there's been several times in my life where I have been to see Christian artists, you know, mm. and during their set, they'll usually have an audience participation kind of worship song or something. And uh, there was one such instance where it was just a massive group of people. It must have been greater than 20,000 people. I mean, it was a massively big wow. place for this Christian artist. And I just thought about the sound of all of that. That's not even a drop in the bucket compared to what we're going to hear mm-hmm. and what was happening in this. And man, the, the, the sheer magnificence of that just is overwhelming to think about. Yeah. Well, wow, that's very poetic. The sheer magnificence. Yeah, I know. Suddenly when I'm with you, James, poetry just it's comes quite out. The, quite the wordsmith. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's I know funny. what you mean. And you just like, you... Uh, you think about people, you know, that get a little bee in their bonnet about, you know, the, the, the guitar is the devil's instrument. And right. You can't do that. And worship's too loud. And you think, oh, my gosh. And you read this. And uh, John looks and he hears around the throne the voice of many angels numbering myriads and myriads and thousands of thousands. It's just a nice way to say that there's more than he can count. Yeah. And then verse 12 starts, all these angels saying with a loud voice. You did point out last week, our, our last podcast, that heaven is a loud place. Probably. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it, I mean, it says as much, doesn't it? Right. You think like, probably the loudest thing I've ever, ever heard was when I was... I was either 20 or 21, so just a few weeks ago. Uh, <laughs> um, I was at Wembley Stadium in London, which is like the national sports sure. stadium in sure. London. And I was working with the governing body for a, uh, a sport, and their cup final was at Wembley. And I was on the pitch, like a, a pitch side, around the pitch, on cup final day at Wembley there hmm. were 90,000 people whoa inside the stadium and they're all looking and facing the pitch obviously because you, you don't go to a sports stadium to look elsewhere right uh, so <laughs> there was me kind of wandering around the stadium pitch side and one of the teams scored and the noise of even half of those people or even if you know a third have come with one team and a third have come from another team and a third are neutral. They just want to enjoy the occasion. Even if it was 30,000 people shouting and screaming in one direction towards where I was standing was just probably the loudest thing I've ever heard. Hmm. And that was just, you know... There wasn't myriads of thousands. No, that was like a you know, conservative guess, maybe 30,000 people. Well, and it was just so, so loud. And James, I believe that all American sports fans envy UK football premiership because the fans and the way they in unison sing the songs Mm. and kind of chant along, man, it is fun to watch just to hear that. Like if you don't know Mm. anything about 
soccer or football, I should say, just to watch that. It's, it's really powerful that that many people are singing. So if you're somebody that's listening to this podcast and you've been to that event before, you've been to a loud event, can you imagine how loud <laughs> this it's heavenly it's singing? podcast so people are listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so obvious, James. But it, can you imagine how loud it would be in heaven if myriads oh, of thousands... And it's this constant cycle, isn't it? The elders in worship and that spurs on the angels and these living creatures to worship and they do it and then the elders fall down in worship and then it's just this like constant cycle. And like I said, it was for me, there was maybe 30,000 people there shouting in unison and cheering in you. And it's just, like you said, it's, it must be a, a drop in the ocean. Yeah, for, um, from the what, what did you say the the sheer magnificence <laughs> of heavenly worship? You know, really, James. I feel like when I'm with you, I have to up my word game because you're you're <laughs> you're an author and you choose words very carefully. And of course, you were educated in the UK and not in the US. So already, I've got a hill to climb. <laughs> so when I'm with you, I'm like, man, I got to study up here. I'm going to talk to James. Yeah, man, that's good. <laughs> Store that one away. Sheer magnificence. So, James, finally here today, uh, and unless there are other things that you were talking about, you pointed something out in your blog post that I thought was really good, and you recognized the Trinitarian worship. And I think that's something good for us to talk about, because there are two things that seem like attacks from atheists or people from other religions, and that is, where is the word Trinity in the Bible? Where is the concept? Mm. Or the other thing is, where is it say that Jesus is God? Well, those two very important questions from many atheists from the West, as well as many people from other faiths, are handled very carefully here in this text, I think. I mean, it's, it seems like they're very obviously dealt with. So I don't know if you have some comments on yeah. uh, the Trinitarian nature like of the worship. There's a, good, there's a good bit of apologetic value here. And so probably the... The first thing then we saw in ver- verse, sorry, in chapter four. So just if you take out chapters and verses, you know, a little bit earlier in the narrative, you know, you back up. Right. What, I don't know what the time scale here is, but not long. You back up and God is being worshipped, I would suggest, in at the end of chapter four. And then here at the start of chapter five, well, where, well, where we picked it up, verse six. So there's the throne. God's on the throne. The four living creatures are there. There's a lamb with a capital L, which is a bit of a giveaway if you read an English Bible. Right. Um, there's the lamb that had been slain. And we talked about who was worthy to take this scroll, uh, the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, and we said last time that that was Jesus, and he's there, and he's got uh, seven horns, representative is representative of his omnipotence. Wow, that was a mouthful. Uh, and he's got seven eyes, and we read which are the seven spirits of God, and we've talked about that going back to Isaiah chapter eleven, verse two, being the Holy Spirit. So there isn't a word here that says like. In brackets, you know, and this is the Trinity. Right. But Revelation 5, 6, everybody is there, aren't they? Yep. There's the throne. God is on the throne. There's the Lamb. We've established that that's Jesus. We've talked about 
the, the seven spirits of God being just another another term, another name, another descriptor of the Holy Spirit, and they're all there, and then they're they're worshipped, and elsewhere in the, in the Bible we read that, you know, worship, you just worship is for God, and right. yet here, we've got God on the throne, the Lamb, and the seven spirits of God, and worship is directed to them. And I read um, something that Leon Morris had written, uh, and he wrote that this part of Revelation, this part of chapter 5 in particular, shows a combined worship of Father and Son. I mean, verse 13 says, doesn't it, hmm. to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, hmm. uh, be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. Hmm. Um so it's, yeah, Leon Morris said it's a, the combined worship of, of Father and Son is a testimony to the deity of Jesus because he is with God um, in terms of proximity as we are together in the room, but he's there, he's with God, and he's, he's as God. He's been worshipped with God. He's been worshipped as God. Hmm. So I think there's a huge apologetic value to, you know, where does the Bible say Trinity? Well, it 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 doesn't does it but unless i'm hugely wrong we don't read in the new testament about the bible read your bible carry your bible learn your bible meditate on your bible think about your bible pray the words of the bible because that's just a word to describe the the collection of books is it not right i think the french word yeah what the french word is bible i think bible comes from a french word anyway you know what I mean? Like the, the, the Bible doesn't talk about itself as a Bible, right? And in the same way that no, we don't we, we don't read the word Trinity, but like we just said, everybody's there. It's very clear. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's there's no doubt uh, when you get to verse nine and it says, "Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, and by your blood you ransom people for God." I mean, there's no doubt in the world that. Jesus is being worshipped. Mm. So if Jesus is not God, if the argument is correct, and we could get really deep in apologetics really quick here, but but who is he? I mean, mm. who is it that is is being talked about here? And so, yeah, you're you're right, James. It gives uh, total credence to the fact that there is a Trinity. It is uh, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, and they are to be worshipped, you know, together and. I think that point is a great point to uh, leave the podcast on that we we serve a Trinitarian God, and He deserves all of our life. He rants. Mm. He ransomed us. Yeah, I remember you saying that last time. That look, nobody if Jesus else is worthy to open that scroll, right? With God and as God, then surely He's worthy to 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 be the focal point of your life as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a great point to end on. But also, and today what we, we looked at, the, the idea of being ransomed and then the, our response to that, it, it's it's an overwhelming thought to think that there's something that we could not attain on our own. Mm. And Jesus gladfully paid the price to those who yeah. believe. Yeah, like that Lego that we bought last week. It's never going to ransom itself, never going to build itself. Right. And now I've ransomed it and now I've bought it. It's well within my... Um, uh, what's the word? My right. So I've I've got the liberty. To, I could I could do whatever I want with that Lego. Right. I've ransomed it. I've bought it. 
Right. And that's the analogy is not perfect because it's inanimate and it's right, Lego. Right, as right, cool right. as Lego is. Right. But I've ransomed it, I've bought it, it's now mine. I have purchased it. And I can do as I like with it. And we don't want to get all super Calvinistic about like, you know, look, God's gonna do what he likes with you. Whatever you you know, whether you like it or not. Right. But do you, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, look, I've ransomed it in the, the truest sense of the word. I've bought it. I've now created it. I can do what I like with it. And like you, like you just said about we're now ransomed and you, you really ought to be living your life as if you were bought with a, this huge price. Right. It's kind of what we're talking about over Christmas. Day by day. Mm, yeah. Yeah, day by day. And I think all the more as we see the day approaching i think we're reading hebrews yeah is it hebrews it sounds familiar and we've been teaching through hebrews so maybe <laughs> that's why it's in my mind fresh in my mind essentially like you should be adding to your christian life and your your christian walk it should be little by little more and more not just you believe and accept and then kind of go back to doing your own thing it should be more all the more as the day approaches right that's going to bug me now i'm sure it's hebrews chapter i want to say nine no it's hebrews chapter 10 um in the end of verse 25 which is quickly becoming a quite a favorite verse of mine hmm. don't stop going to church essentially yeah hebrews 10 25 uh carrying on this like you should go to church you should be part of this uh you should hold you hold fast the confession of your hope you should hold fast the confession of your hope because the promise giver is a faithful promise giver and you should really be thinking about how you can stir other people up to hold on to their confession hmm. to love to good works not neglecting to meet together and we read as is the habit of some uh, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Hmm. So that you've been ransomed, you've been bought with this tremendously high price. You should be doing more and more and more as you see the day drawing near. So basically as you grow in age, you should also grow in Christ. Maturity in Christ. Absolutely. So that we don't des we don't desire the, the milk like uh, Paul says to Timothy. Yep. We would desire spiritual meat mm. a big steak yeah because if <laughs> maybe we could uh, end with this thought keith a baby breastfeeding is natural and beautiful but a 40 year old man breastfeeding is weird, <laughs> that's that's just unnatural wrong and that is just illegal. wrong yeah <laughs> <laughs> if not it should be but you know what i mean you should right you know you should you are bought you are ransomed you should have a period where you're a babe in faith and you're taking the very, very, very simple basic stuff. But then you ought to be growing. Yeah, that's you a great thought. Be, you ought to be taking more because like you've just said, he is worthy to help this girl, worthy to be worshipped, worthy to be this focal point of your life. That's a great, great thought to end on. And with that, James, uh, thanks for being uh, with me in the podcast today. And we look forward to uh, next time as we look into Revelation chapter 6. Yes, and the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Yes. It's about to get interesting. Yep. We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>